Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is brought to our church by Dennis Fountain Sr., who has been in ministry for over 50 years. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Uh, You want to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and we'll be there in just a few minutes. Galatians chapter 5. And once you find your place in Galatians 5, um, turn back a few pages to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. The series we've been, uh, just a short one, as Pastor mentioned, on reality check. And the first one was about souls. How important it is to realize that every person we meet is an eternal soul. They're going to spend eternity somewhere. And so just to have that eternal vision, recognizing that uh, we might be the only thing standing between them and hell, uh, making that effort then to talk with them or to give them a track or to uh, invite them to church, something like that. We never know what might make the difference. And then, of course, uh, not only about souls, but we were talking of pastors teaching us last week about our walk with God, how we need to have a daily walk with God. I'm going to kind of key on that a little bit in, uh, in reference to our subject tonight. Tonight, we're going to look at our, uh, our subject of the flesh versus the spirit, this warfare battle that we have going on. We're all too familiar with this subject, and each of us know. We know that in the world today, there's a battle between good and evil. It's been going on for over 6,000 years. It uh, has to do with morality. It has to do with society. It has to do with uh, politics, religion, our culture. But it's not all just out there. There's a battle that goes on in here as well. And we want to talk a little bit about that tonight, about uh, how the flesh and the spirit are at enmity or at warfare with one another. And so as we look into these scriptures tonight, and I know we could do a whole series on this, but we're just going to briefly go over a few scriptures that I think will help us tonight. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for this time to be together. Again, I pray for your uh, Holy Spirit leading. I pray, Father, that you would uh, touch and guide us uh, even tonight as we go through this. Lord, that you'd protect us from the uh, attacks of uh, Satan, the world, or the, the, the flesh. And Father, that you'd help us each one to learn something tonight that would help to give us victory in our daily walk. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul addressed this situation, this battle in a number of scriptures. We're going to begin in Romans chapter 7, and we're going to see some things and uh, recognize that the Apostle Paul, as he uh, deals with this subject, he talks in verse, uh, well, he doesn't talk, but he writes in verses 15 through 23 about his own battle. He said, the things that I'd like to do, I don't do, and the things that I uh, don't want to do, I find myself doing. He kind of goes back and forth on that, and he gives us those verses that many of us are familiar with, how that there's a struggle that goes on. And then in verse 24, we read this. In verse 24 and 25, he asks the question and gives an answer. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body or the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He says, What's, who's going to deliver me from this struggle that I'm going through? He said, I thank God it's through Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad he's the answer to a lot of things? He's, he is the answer. And then he goes on in verse uh, 1 of chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not, here's a key, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's no condemnation now to those who walk after the Spirit. And we're going to look at, at what he means uh, about that uh, here in the next couple of moments. Verse 5, look at verse 5. <clears throat> For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace, all right? So you got the fleshly mind that follows after the flesh, does what the flesh desires to do, and then you have the spiritual mind, the Holy Spirit that lives within us that, uh, that leads us, points us, directs us, helps us toward doing those right things. And he says the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now the Bible tells us in the very next verse that if we do not have the Holy Spirit, we don't even belong to him. Ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be it the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Um, the Holy Spirit of God moves into us the moment we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. And that Holy Spirit comes in, and he promises, as Jesus promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, there's times when we have our ups and downs and times when we uh, falter and fail. And uh, sometimes we think of it like a, a little child. <clears throat> a little child, a little toddler, they're learning how to walk, and they're hanging on to things, and, and they're kind of tripping, and they're stumbling, and they, they fall once in a while. But as they grow, they become more and more stable. All right, and they become more and more stable, uh, and they begin to uh, walk more uh, quickly. They begin to run and so forth, and they're more stable in their walk. Well, it's the same thing in the Christian life. The more that we grow in the Lord, the longer that we are Christian, we should become more stable in walking with Him, serving Him, and so forth. And most of you here, you know that as you get a little older, you start stumbling again sometimes, but that's a, a little different subject there, okay, that stumbling. Let's look at <clears throat> uh, the Holy Spirit. We want to look at the Holy Spirit for a few minutes and understand a little bit about him. The Holy Spirit has a number of jobs or duties that he does uh, and he engages in. Jesus mentioned a few of them over in John chapter 16, where in chapter 14, where he said, oh, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. He will lead you and guide you in all things. And so he told us some things there about the Holy Spirit is going to convict men. So I'm going to give you just a few things real quickly that were taught there in the uh, Gospels, but also taught in the epistles. Uh, the Holy Spirit convicts men. What's he convict them of? First of all, of unbelief. He convicts them of unbelief. And then he convicts them of uh, God's righteousness. He convicts, of course, of sin and uh, he convicts of uh, the Holy Spirit's power 
over the world, the flesh and the devil, that he is more powerful than that. So he convicts, but he also converts. He is the one who is involved. He is one of the Godhead who is involved in our regeneration. He regenerates us and he seals the believer. These are just a few of the things that he does. He convicts, he converts, he comforts. Jesus said that he will come and he will indwell you and he will uh, uh, encourage you and he will empower you. And so we know that he, he comforts the believer. But not only that, he confirms. He witnesses to us and he witnesses through us. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Isn't it good to know that you know that you know you're saved? It's just a wonderful thing to know that there's been a time when you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, a time when you've put your faith and trust in him and him alone, not in a church, not in baptism, not in good works, for not by works were we saved. We're saved through the grace and faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for without works, we, can tr- we trust Jesus Christ as Savior, and he saves us. Now, turn to Galatians chapter 5. And this is where we're going to spend uh, the majority of our time tonight, Galatians chapter 5. And let's begin reading in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, a little history here, a little understanding of Paul's writing to the churches of Galatia. These churches of Galatia, they're up in the area of Galatia, a number of churches, and so he writes these letters to be circulated to the churches. And he's writing to them because there's been a group, a concision, a group of uh, Jewish believers who have now moved into that area, and they're beginning to teach that, you know, you've got faith, but now you need works. You need to add works to your faith. Well, actually, the Bible says we are his workmanship created in Jesus unto good works, and we understand that. But they're talking about for the purpose of salvation, you also need to be circumcised. You need to follow these laws that the Jews have followed for so many uh, thousands of years. And so as... Paul is writing to overturn that and to tell the people that you're not living under the law. You're under grace, and living under grace is so much better than living under a set of rules and so forth. Uh, Often we think of the law of the Jews as being the Ten Commandments. But did you know there's actually over 600 laws and statutes that they had to keep? And so as we begin to look at that, we begin to say, well, wait, wait a minute. Nobody can even keep the Ten Commandments. How can anybody keep over 600 laws and rules and so forth? And so he uh, is giving us this this, uh, thought that even if you break one law, if you just break one, you're you're lost. The Bible says, by the way, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Imagine tonight if we had a chain up here, and the chain could be 10 links long, or it could be 600 links long, okay? And there's a chain there, and uh, Leo's hanging by the chain, all right? And Leo's hanging by the chain, swinging out over hell. How many links have to be broken before he falls? Just one. That's what the Bible is very clear on. You only need to break one of God's laws, and you're lost. You're undone. 
and uh, somebody might break all of them, or somebody might just break one, but it doesn't matter. That person's going to fall. And the only thing that can save that person from falling into hell, of course, is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on Calvary's cross for that purpose, to forgive us of our sin and to save us from that place that we heard about a couple weeks ago called hell. So let's drop down now to verse um, 16. Verse number 16, the Bible says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust, the desire of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And Paul recognized that. You can't do what you want. You end up doing what you don't want. You can't do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now we're going to notice two keys here. We're going to notice four keys total. <clears throat> but we notice two in these two verses. The first one is found there in verse 16 where we're commanded to walk in the Spirit. We're commanded to walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit here has a connotation of being agreed with the Holy Spirit. We're going to agree with God. Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they be what? Agreed. And so we need to agree with the Holy Spirit. We need to walk with the Holy Spirit. We need to be willing and have a desire to walk with the Spirit in the way that he wants us to. Question. Do you have a desire to be in communion with the Holy Spirit? Down within you, do you have a uh, uh, desire to be victorious over the flesh? Here's a part of that question that kind of goes along with what we talked about, Pastor talked about last week. Are we daily meeting God in his word and in prayer? Do we have a daily time of communion with God? You see, that's a key to overcoming the flesh is learning to walk in the Spirit, walk with the Spirit. Now, we uh, have a promise along with that. It's the second part of the verse. The Bible says, if we walk in the Spirit, <clears throat> ye shall not fulfill the lust or desire of the flesh. If we will walk with the Spirit, we'll walk in the Spirit, we we'll walk along with the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's going to be foreign from us. Because the Holy Spirit of God is going to be walking with us. He's going to be protecting us. We're going to be in, in agreement with him to do the things that are right and righteous rather than be lawless and fleshly. Now, the second key we see here is, is the reality that we are led by the Spirit. Notice here in verse number 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. If ye be led of the Spirit. Now that word if can also be translated and is often translated since or because you are led by the Spirit. Since you're led by the Spirit, since the Holy Spirit is our guide, as Jesus told us back in uh, John chapter 14 and chapter 16, since the Holy Spirit is going to lead us, the Bible says then we are not going to fall into that thing of, of the flesh if you are led or because you are led by the Spirit, it gives a connotation of this. <clears throat> it's like a, a train car, a train car that is coupled with an engine, a locomotive. 
And that train car is going to follow that locomotive because it is coupled together. And so the scripture is saying here, if you are coupled with the Holy Spirit, or since, as a Christian, you are coupled to the Holy Spirit, since that is the uh, situation, as the Holy Spirit leads us, we will follow him. Since you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, it says. We're not under the law. Do we understand that there is a better way than just trying to keep a bunch of laws and rules? That's religion. And we see that in a lot of uh, groups today who call themselves churches and so forth, where they are uh, religious and they keep a lot of rules and laws. and They've got to do this and that, and if they don't, then they might... Number one, they might lose their salvation or they're going to lose their, uh, their standing in the church or something like that. In reality, the Bible doesn't tell us that. We're not to follow a bunch of rules and statutes that nobody can keep. <clears throat> it's not a matter of trying to do good or live right. It's a matter of walking in the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. In other words, it's not, we don't do these things because we have to. We do it because we want to. We have a desire to walk with the Spirit. We have a desire to be in, in led by the Spirit. And so it's not a, a, a one-time decision, by the way. It's a moment-by-moment moment or minute-by-minute minute decision. It's a daily decision. Do I choose to walk with the Holy Spirit? Now, these are the two keys that we notice there. Number one, desiring to walk in the Spirit. And number two, realizing that we are coupled to him. We are led by the Holy Spirit of God. He is with us. He is guiding us. Now, verses 19 through 21 gives us a, a, a list of 17 uh, despicable works of the flesh manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So this, this isn't a complete list. He says there's a lot of things that are uh, the, the outcropping, the works of the flesh. He says, which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These are things that the unsaved do. These are things that those who are not walking in the spirit do. But you and I, as Christians, we are coupled to the Spirit. We are to be in agreement with Him. We are to walk with Him. We are to be led by Him. And then in <clears throat> verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such, there's no law. There's no law making you have to do any of these things. These are things that you do because the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. He indwells you. You walk with him. You have a daily time in the word of God. You spend time in prayer. You stay close to the Holy Spirit as he uh, leads you. And so we see that this uh, is the fruit <clears throat> of the Spirit. Now, a survey was done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Survey was done in colleges a number of years ago. And in the survey, they said, what, are the, what is the top thing that you're looking for? And they asked college kids, well, what is it you're really looking for? And the top three answers were in this order. And here's what they were. Love, happiness, and peace. 
They said, we want these things, love, happiness, and peace. Did you notice the fruit of the Spirit? The first three are love, joy, and peace. You find those things through the Holy Spirit of God. They're not found in the world. They're not found in the flesh. They're not found in following after others. It is found in following after the Holy Spirit of God. Um, <clears throat> decision to follow the flesh it can be made too easily and too rapidly. And we as Christians, we make the decision all the time, am I going to obey the flesh or am I going to obey and follow the Spirit? Now, here is uh, just the, the, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. The choice is yours and mine. The choice is yours and mine. We can choose to follow the Spirit, walk with the Spirit. We have that desire to do right and love God, or we can choose to do what the flesh wants to do. And if we choose to do what the flesh wants to do, there's a list of things there that are despicable things that we'd say, no, I'm not going to do that. We're never going to get that far. I'm never going to fall into that. But I'm reminded of the story of the Alaskan eagle, bald eagle up in Alaska. And uh, the eagle there in Alaska was uh, soaring and watching over the ice flow. And if you know what that is, where the, the river is breaking up and it's uh, becoming spring and going into the summer and the ice is uh, beginning to flow down the river. And the eagle was soaring around and he looks down and he sees some carry-on, some uh, uh, fresh meat, a dead body down there of an animal that's been uh, on one of the ice uh, slabs. And so the eagle sails down, makes his way down, and sinks its talons into the animal and begins to eat, begins to feast on that animal. And that's the desire, the lust of that flesh of that animal to eat. And so he begins doing that. And in a few moments, he can hear the roar of the, of the waterfall where the uh, ice is going to be crashing over the waterfall. But he thinks to himself, uh, I don't have to worry about that. I just have to spread my wings and by my powerful wings I'll be able to go on the updraft and, and get away uh, from the crashing of the ice below. And he continues to stay with that fleshly decision. And as <clears throat> the ice moves along, it comes to the point where it begins to go over the waterfall. And what happens but the eagle stretches its powerful wings and realizes its talons are frozen into that carcass, that flesh. And down he goes into his death. I wonder how many Christians, how many have thought, well, I can stand this temptation. I can overcome this. I don't really need God in my life, in this area of my life. And they begin to sink themselves into the fleshly desires. The Bible says that the ends of the flesh, desires of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh ends up in death. But the end of a walk with God is life everlasting. And so we see this illustration. It helps us to understand. So many people have said, well, I can handle it. So many people have said, well, I won't be here very long. I can just uh, uh, take it on myself. But we know that that's not what happens in the end. We also see <clears throat> that these bad decisions that sometimes people make are decisions that can uh, affect our entire life. They're decisions that not only affect our day, but they affect our entire life. Let's look at a couple of other verses here, verses 22 
through 25, we see the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, these characteristics that are here in verse 22 and 23, love, joy, peace, etc., <clears throat> this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is the outcropping of the Holy Spirit. I wonder if Paul here was referring back to, maybe he had the writings of John, and he was thinking about uh, how Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, as he walked out into the, uh, the olive gardens there and the, uh, the uh, grapes, he said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. I'm the vine and ye are the branches. And I want you to produce some fruit, but you can't do it without me. Remember what he said? Without me, you can do what? Nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. And I wonder if perhaps the Apostle Paul was on that same line of thinking. Without the Holy Spirit, you and I can't have these fruit in our life. We can't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit without Him. <clears throat> it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit, His walking with us, His leading us, that we can have that fruit produced in us. Now, I, I notice a lot of people, they'll say this when it comes to, and I, I just want to touch on it because I think it's important. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, uh, uh, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and I notice temperance. Now, a lot of people, when they come to that word temperance, they say that's self-control. But I argue it's not. That is spirit control. That is allowing the Holy Spirit to be in control, not self-control, because self-control is flesh control. Self-control is I want to do what I want to do. This is spirit control, allowing the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit, remember, of the Spirit. It is spiritual control in our life. Who has control in your life and my life? Do we take control once in a while back? Yeah. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is the one who should have control. And we can do nothing without Jesus Christ, without the Holy Spirit, who is our life and our supplier. The fruit of the Spirit. So the third key is the fruit of the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. And then we have the fruit of the Spirit that's produced in our life. And then key number four is that we live in the Spirit. Look, if you will, verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. They've crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If, here it is again, or since, or because we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Because we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. One name for the Holy Spirit in the Greek is a paraclete. The word paraclete in the Greek means to walk alongside. The Holy Spirit is a paraclete. He is the one who walks alongside of us. He is always there with us. He's promised to never leave us. He's there no matter where we go, whatever we do. The Holy Spirit of God is that come-alongside individual. The Holy Spirit of God has a desire to come alongside of us, and he has a desire for you and I to come alongside of him and to commune with him and to walk with him. But listen, he is the one who sets the direction, and he is the one who sets the pace. We need to learn to live in the Spirit, and we need to learn to walk in the spirit. By that we mean <clears throat> we need to learn to keep in step, keep in stride with the Holy Spirit of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit of God will want us to move quickly in something. Sometimes he'll want us to stop 
and be still and see what God's going to do. And so the Holy Spirit sets the pace for us. Because we're born again, he lives within us, and he is leading us, and he is producing fruit in us, and we need to choose to keep in step with him. So how do we do that? <clears throat> Verse 24 tells us that, we are, that our Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts or desires. Galatians 2.20, just a couple chapters ahead. I am crucified with Christ, Paul said. Nevertheless, I live. I'm alive. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, what does that mean? That means that this journey started by faith. We trusted Jesus Christ. We put our faith and trust in him uh, to, to be saved. And now we live every day by faith. Faith, Whose faith? His faith. Faith, we, we live according to the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And so we are crucified with, with Christ. Our flesh is crucified. We need to realize that the flesh is already conquered. We're not serving or following Christ because of the law or because of rules or because we have to. We serve and we follow him because of our relationship with him, because of love. We love him because he first loved us, okay? So we read and we study the word of God and we meditate on the word of God and we memorize the word of God and we let the word of God dwell richly within us. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So we not only are saved by faith, but we live by faith. We learn to trust the Holy Spirit. We learn to follow him as he leads us through the word of God and through uh, that guidance that he gives us, allowing him to have control of our mind and our will and our actions. Let Christ have that. Let the Holy Spirit have that. Romans chapter 15, the Bible says, Now the God of hope, Romans 15, 13, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. All right, preacher, well, how do we do all this? How do we walk in the Spirit? How do we uh, uh, live every day? Uh, well, the Bible is very clear. We need to get into the Word of God and let it dwell richly in us. Keep your mind on the Lord. We don't need to have our mind wandering over all this stuff that's going on in the world or even our personal problems and allowing ourselves to become anxious and anxiety to come upon us. But we need to keep our mind on the Lord and on his precious promises. There's so many precious promises in the word of God. <clears throat> need to put up, my wife does this, in our house, she's got signs and, and little posters and post-it notes with Bible verses on it or uh, sayings that help you, you know, to live for the Lord and so forth. And she's got those on the refrigerator and on the mirror and all over, you know, just these little, these little Bible verses, which is what we need to do. And then we're always filling ourselves. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that it should be posted on the doorposts and so forth. The Word of God needs to be posted. And so <clears throat> that's one thing we can do. What else can we do? Well, we can just spend time in the Word of God, studying it, reading it, uh, memorizing, as we said before, meditating and chewing it over and over again in our mind. Um, George, Mueller, George Mueller, many of you know that name, famous preacher and prayer warrior from the past. George Mueller 
kept scratch paper beside his uh, prayer bench. And uh, whenever he read a promise from God, as he was reading through his Bible, whenever he read a promise from God, he would write it down and he would drop it in a drawer right there next to him. Whenever then he became tempted or discouraged, whenever the flesh began to get uh, <clears throat> a little overwhelming for him, he would reach into that drawer and we pull out a pile of promises and he would read those promises until he got the strength to go on. Maybe that's what we need to do. We need to rely on the promises of God. We need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Turn, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little throat thing there tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. And the Bible gives us this advice in uh, verse number 18 and 19. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. You ever seen a drunk person? Uh, and they are controlled by the alcohol. And they're stumbling around and they're falling and they might be throwing up on themselves. They might be uh, really outgoing or they might get real depressed. Whatever, the alcohol controls them. The Bible says don't be controlled by alcohol. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled or controlled by the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to who? Yourselves. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. These are things that we need to do. We need to uh, have the, the psalms on our mind and the word of God on our mind and Christian songs and truths of the songs on our mind. Look, if you will, to Colossians, just a page or two over, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we read something uh, very similar. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The word of God, okay, dwelling in you. Teaching and admonishing one another. How? By psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So the Bible is very clear to tell us, hey, we need to have a song, a melody in our heart. We need to be thinking of these songs that, that maybe choruses that you used to, to learn about. <clears throat> a song in our songbook, Learning to Lean, Learning to Lean on Jesus. Well, we need to begin to think about those things, how uh, it's time for us to continue, even though we might be a Christian for 40 years or 50 years, continue to learn to lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. When it comes to temptation, when it comes to the flesh trying to get overwhelming uh, us, let's learn to lean on the Lord, learning to lean on Jesus. The little song, little chorus we used to sing, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is what? Follow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way, and all that I need for tomorrow, my Lord knows the way. And we need to trust him as he, he leads us through the wilderness. Another song that we have uh, used to sing years ago, He's all I need, all I need, all that I need. He abides within each soul to win. Jesus is all I need. We need to lean on him, lean on these choruses, uh, allow these songs and these choruses and the psalms 
to indwell us and infill us that the Holy Spirit would continually lead us and we'll be staying close to him. Joshua chapter 24, and you know the verse, Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. You remember that verse? Choose you this day whom you will serve. little testimony of myself this week, I think it was because the Lord was uh, wanting me to even teach on this or preach on this little bit. And earlier in the week, I made a fleshly decision early in the day. And uh, that fleshly decision that I made was is very simple, just uh, not to read the Bible, but rather to look at some stuff on Facebook and so forth. And I made that decision, and the outcome of that was throughout the whole day, I, my attitude was wrong, uh, so many things happened that just, just was negative, and uh, even to, to the point where my wife noticed it, and to the point that I went through the entire day, and at about 12.30 at night, I realized... And I haven't even read my Bible today because of that fleshly decision made early in the day and it caused my whole day to be upset and messed up. You see, because I chose to walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. Well, how do we overcome that? We learn to stay close to the Lord. We learn to stay in the word, stay in prayer, stay in the fellowship with him, allow him to lead us and guide us. These keys that that we looked at tonight, to uh, even to the point of allowing us to uh, have that time with him that we realize that he is leading us and we are connected to him. And because of that, we need to walk in the spirit as the day goes on, just day by day, walk with the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.